actions. These are the acts. These are things they did. This is the book of what the apostles did. It just wouldn't be very good if we called it the book of did. All right. It's the book of Acts. Remember, that's a, that word Acts is a verb. This is the birth of the church. This is the history of the church. This is what you and I are a part of when we are baptized in his name, buried with Christ in the body of Christ, and then filled with his spirit. We become a part of the church. And so we're going to see the acts of the early church, and they become examples to us. So let's read Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, I'm going to, if you'll bear with me just a second, I'm going to move just a tad because I can tell my shoulder is blocking the scripture. So people that want to see it online, maybe, I don't know if they can read that or not. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, everybody say they, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Everybody say, the house. Say, it filled the house. Turn to verse 42. I said, we're just going to read a lot of scripture, so. Verse 42. Now, we know if we were to read the rest of the verses between verse 3 and 42, they begin to speak with other tongues. The Holy Ghost fell, fire, cloven tongues. Peter preached the message of repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll receive the Holy Ghost, promises to you, your children. But I want us to, we understand that. Verse number 42. And they, everybody say they, were talking about the church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, everybody say they, Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Everybody say house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Acts chapter 4. Verse 23. I want you thinking, this is they. They are the church. They did acts. I want to see a pattern here in the word of God. I'm a part of this church. Verse 23. And being let go, Peter and them were in prison. Being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, now notice they're starting to pray together. They said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth, they're praying. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. He was saying, hey, the government were get, was gathered together. You see that? They're praying about this. This is their prayer. Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, they were gathered together. But they were only doing, verse 28, they were doing whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. They had a confidence that even though they were facing government opposition, that it was the hand of God and the counsel of God had already determined it to be done. Is that what it says? 
And now, verse 29, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, we read in verse 23, they went to their own company and we read in verse 31, the place was shaken. I think it's safe to assume that they were in somebody's house. You with me? Acts chapter 5. I'm doing my best to just keep reading. Acts chapter 5 verse 41. And they, are you starting to see a pattern here? They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house. Everybody say every house. They ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 8. Aren't you thankful for the word of God tonight? The anointed, infallible word of God. Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. Stephen has just been stoned. Saul stood by holding the coats of the men that did it. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. How did he make havoc of the church? By entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison Acts chapter 9 verse 11 you doing all right Acts chapter 9 verse 11 the Lord is speaking to Ananias and he said unto him arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Skip down to verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto you in the way as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Verse 36 of the same chapter. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. It came to pass in those days she was sick. She died. And when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. For as much as little was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent to him two men, desiring he would not delay but come to them. Peter arose, went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. I'm going to call it the upper chamber of the house. Amen. They brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was with him. But Peter put them all forth, kneeled down and prayed, turning into the body, said, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand, lifted her up. When he'd called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. 
And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa. Where did he tarry? With one Simon, a tanner. He stayed in Simon the tanner's house. We're more than halfway through the scripture if you're getting nervous. I know you're not. Acts chapter 10, verse 21. We need to see this. I'm trusting the power of the word and what we hear in the word and what we see in the word. All right. I'm not trying to belabor you. We need to hear and receive these words and see the acts of the apostles. Acts chapter 10, verse 21. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent to him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that fears God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of you. Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morning or on the morrow, well, by the way, where he brought them in and lodged them was in Simon the Tanner's house. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And on the morrow after, they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them and called them together, his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in. What did he go into? He went into Cornelius' house. And he found many that were come together. Skip down to verse 44. We're going to see what happens in the house. While Peter yet spake these words. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Acts chapter 12, verse number 11. Peter's been in prison. An angel comes and lets him out. He's not sure what's going on. He's surprised. He's not sure, was this a dream or what? And when Peter was come to himself, he realized it wasn't a dream. He said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Chapter 16 and verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us. She heard Paul teaching by a river, praying by a river. She heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. Notice Paul and them didn't do that. The Lord opened her heart. That she attended to the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Verse 27, same chapter, they're still in Philippi. They got put in prison for what they'd done. They're in stocks and bonds. They started praising God at midnight. There was an earthquake. Everybody in the prison was set free. 
Verse 27, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. They spake to him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all of his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Two more places, chapter number 20 of the book of Acts, verse number 18. Acts 20 and 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine, with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Finally, chapter 28 and verse 30. Chapter 28 and verse 30. And Paul dwelt. Two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Do you see a thread? The early church lived and breathed this message from house to house, from house to house, from house to house, from house to house. You and I spend far more time in our house than we spend in this building. Amen? Our house can be a sacred holy place dedicated unto the Lord for His kingdom, for His church, for His purpose. Our house. It can move from a place where it's no longer my house and your house, but the place where we live day and night, where we sleep, where we rise, where we eat, where we shower, where we rest, where we, it can be his house if we choose to make it so. Now hear me. I realize there are various circumstances and situations, no doubt, throughout this room and through those watching. (coughs) Excuse me. Or through those that would hear this later. But the fact of the matter is, as a child of God, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you directly impact the environment of your house. Now, every one of us could maybe, be, maybe go down a list and say, yeah, but. But you don't understand that. Or, but this is also in my house. Or that is, do you understand, greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
When you walk into your house, when you pray in your house, when you open the word of God in your house, you affect the atmosphere of your home. And you can do so in such a way that no matter who enters in, they are marked by the spirit of God that you've been fellowshipping in your house. I would that by the grace of God and the Spirit of God, there would be such an imparting of revelation and understanding of this fact and this principle that when you are filled with the Spirit of God, if you create a closet of prayer in your house, if you create a place of fellowship with the Word of God in your house, anything that comes in can be altered and affected by the power of the Spirit of God operating in your house. Stop listening to the lies and the excuses of the adversary. As a child of God filled with the Spirit of God, you have the authority to affect the environment in your home and thereby affect every life that enters in. Every life that enters in. I share this story. Some of you have heard it. I do it carefully because I'm not the goal. Please understand is not to draw attention to somewhere I've lived, but to make the point. I think I shared it just recently, but I feel like I need to share it again. My wife and I lived in a home in Arkansas. We had been gone several years it was being shown to a prospective tenant to rent the house. A couple different families had passed through and rented. We were, this was going to be, I believe, the third possible renter of this home since we'd been moved back here from Arkansas. Uh, the man that showed the house is my friend. Many of you met. He pastors there in Arkansas, Brother Jason Gibson. He was showing this family, this couple, this house, and... He let them in, said, walk through. Feel free, it was empty at this point. Everything was out. He said, you know, walk through. I'll just be in here. And when you've got questions, let me know. Take your time. This man and woman started walking through the house. I had talked to them several times. We had some good conversations about the Lord. They were, uh, they were people who had, I didn't know where they were in their journey, but they were believers to some degree at what point in their journey they were. I don't know. I didn't try to judge that. I believe from our conversation, she was spirit-filled. At least the lady was. I knew that. And uh, so Brother Jason let them walk through the house. She came back after they'd walked through a little bit, and she said, I have a question. What happened in that main bedroom in that corner? When I walked through there, I felt the... I can't remember if she said it was a spirit of God, or it was like there was an angel there in this corner of the home. Jason shares the story. He says, I smiled. And he said, well, he knew that that was the place where I prayed. Now, please understand me. I'm not saying this is not something about me. This is about what you and I affect when we begin to fellowship the spirit of God. I felt like the Lord brought that to mind and his attention simply so that I would recognize, wow, this is what happens when you and I began to fellowship the Spirit of God in our home. Don't underestimate what happens when you do this. I believe in this hour, we need to revisit the rededication of our home to the kingdom and the work of God. Hear me. We need to revisit the dedication of our home, his home, to the kingdom and the work of God. Now, that's going to feel a little different for everybody because we all have different home situations. Don't let that discourage you. Be encouraged because of he that lives within you. And have a confidence, you know what? I can affect the environment. I can impact the atmosphere. 
in my home by fellowshipping God in this place. Now, I want you to pray with me for a minute. We're going to go just a little bit further here uh, tonight. And we may come back on this subject again. I feel like that we could go quite a bit on this subject that the Lord is dealing with me about. So would you pray with me right now? Lord, I thank you for your word and your truth. I thank you for the people of God and the openness and reception of your word. Their heart toward you and the things of God. I pray let us to hear what you're wanting us to hear tonight. As you're wanting us to hear it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. The Lord is wanting us to see and know. It's the reason I read all these scriptures. And uh, if you didn't write them all down, I'll probably do something that makes them all available so you can see them all if you want to go. But do you realize in these scriptures that we read, the Holy Ghost was poured out in somebody's house. Not just once. It was poured out in the upper room. That was somebody's house. Cornelius' family. The Holy Ghost was poured out in Cornelius' house. The Philippian jailer, they were baptized in his house. Cornelius' family, they were baptized in and around his house. Dead people were raised to life in their house. You understand? Peter abode in somebody's house. He saw a trance on the rooftop. The Lord spoke to him in someone's house. The gospel was preached in somebody's house. The church met and prayed together until the place shook. That was in somebody's house. That was Mary's house. Do you realize their home was not some separate place from the work of the kingdom of God and the church? Their home was as much more than anything was a part of the work of the kingdom of God. Why? Because nowhere in the book of Acts do you find that the church had a building. The first 300 years, at least, of the church, they had no building. Yes, they went to the synagogue where the Jews were trying to affect the Jews, but that wasn't their church building. The Gentiles didn't go gather in the synagogue. They met, and this, you realize what the Apostle Paul said. He had spent two years in Asia, and he said, I preach the word of God from house to house to house to house. Your home, I believe what the Lord is going to, not going to, is asking of us. As we rededicate and reconsecrate our home. To the work of the kingdom of God. I believe you will begin to see supernatural events take place in your home like never before. What do I mean by supernatural events? I mean people getting baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost in your home. I mean people being healed of sickness and disease in your home. I mean the revelation of the word of God and eyes being opened, blindness being removed in your home. I mean places of prayer and a closet that affects the world around you in your home. Now, this is important. We cannot start trying to compare homes. Hear me. We're not in a competition here. Amen? We're not competing with, oh, let me tell you, let me see if I can do, I do one better than you with my story of what happened in my house. You understand, that's not the point. God will use every house differently. He understands the circumstances and situations in your house. He's not intimidated by it. He's not, he's not troubled for you by it if you have faith in Him. He understands all of that. And so you dedicate and consecrate your home in the power and the ability that you have to do that, the power of the Holy Ghost, and watch what God will do dealing with all the rest. And then you've got to believe when you do this, this is what I believe the Holy Ghost is going to do. You're going to have guests come into your home. And you may hear things like, man, I, I just like, I like being here. It feels nice in your home. 
God is going to use our homes in this hour. And again, it may look different for every one of us. We're not trying to compete. We're not trying to make some cookie cutter process that we all can say, oh, we're all doing the same thing. Whew, I'm finally on the good list. I'm, no, no, no. We got to dismiss that way of carnal thinking. We just need to move to a place that says, I'm making my home available to you, God, however you want to use it. I want your spirit to live and abide in me, and I want it to affect the atmosphere of my home, the manner and the way that you intend. This is something the Lord's wanting to do. In Jesus' name. Many of you have heard this, but I'm going to share it again publicly for all of us. In October of 2017, I was praying one morning. And in prayer uh, in my home, I, I saw a picture in my mind's eye. And I knew the Lord was letting me see this picture. And in it, it was not quite daylight yet. It was still dark, uh, but I could tell that light was coming. And in the picture, I had a bird's eye view of the valleys. Uh, it was as though I was sort of flying over them. I wasn't like doing this for Superman or anything. I, I, I was just going over them. It was like God was letting me see over the valleys from a bird's eye view from the Sela valleys down through the lower valleys. And... I, I could tell where cities were. It's like I could see just faint outlines of buildings and faint outlines of houses. And I, I just knew, okay, this is Sunnyside. This is Grandview. This is Wapato. This is White Swan. This is my, I just knew, right? And, and as I was seeing this and fellowshipping the Lord in prayer, I began to see flames of fire come up and light on homes. I watched it as it began to spread across the valleys. Flames of fire sitting on homes. Flames of fire sitting on homes. And I knew in a moment it was as what we read in the book of Acts where flames as a fire sat upon people. And I felt like the Holy Ghost was letting me to know I'm going to fill homes with the Spirit. Homes will be beacons of light from one end of these valleys to the other. Hear me today. Please hear me. We are not trying to gather men and women to ourselves. We are seeking to affect the world for the cause of Christ the way He wants to. If that means three people that are in our home that we're teaching a Bible study to and they're transformed, and that's the three that God has us reaching, then so be it. If that means 30 people are gathered in our home and we're teaching a Bible study and God's doing a work because that's what He's ordained, then so be it. We're not competing. We're not comparing. We're simply saying and recognizing God can use my home. It is not an extension of the church. It is a part of the church. We don't have a building in the valleys. We have however many homes are represented here throughout these valleys. Let's just in this room tonight. I'm guessing looking really quickly, there are maybe 12 different homes represented here. That's a quick guesstimate. If in those 12 homes, let's split them in half. Six of those homes have people gathering and meeting. And six of those homes may not have people gathering and meeting, but they're a place where prayer is made. They're covering the homes that are having meetings in them. They're affecting the spiritual climate of the air in their home and around their community. They're giving themselves to prayer. And so, you see, this is the working together, not the comparing or competing. If in those six homes... Ten people are gathered. There's 60 people gathered in those homes. If in our congregation there are 40 homes represented and half of them have people meeting and just 10 are meeting in those 20 homes out of half of them, there's 200 people represented. And if that is taught as those people grow in the grace and knowledge of God and as we read in the book of Acts, souls are added to the church daily. Do you understand how wildfire works? 
another home has a flame of fire come upon it. And another home. In this picture that the Lord let me to see, it never became daylight. But before long, the valleys were full of light because of the flames of fire setting on homes. I don't know. I'm sure I could look. I probably should. I think I will now. How many homes are throughout these valleys? I do not know. But let's just be conservative and say only 2,000 homes out of all the homes. I'm sure there's tens of thousands of homes throughout these valleys. But let's just say only 2,000 of those homes become what we're describing from the Word of God tonight. If in those 2,000 homes, an average of 10 people were to meet every week, do you understand that's 20,000 believers meeting every week? You realize, I'm not trying... Remember what I said, we're not trying to gather people to ourselves. I'm talking about affecting the valleys for the kingdom of God. We can't build a building big enough for what God's going to and wants to do through us. But we all have homes that we can dedicate and make available. And we've got to know we can have an impact. Now, I'm almost done. I have talked, you've heard me, many of you for years have heard me talk about these valleys from Selah to Prosser, from Moxie to White Swan. Some of you know I've been talking a little further lately. I'm not trying to claim territory or I'm only declaring what I believe God has dealt with me about. You understand? It was a few months ago. I don't know that I shared it necessarily publicly. I can't remember, but I know I shared it with Brother Lewis and Sister Julie because they were, they're going to Mattawa. They meet in homes in Mattawa. I shared with them how I had driven through Othello, and the Lord began dealing with me, and I began praying for Othello. God, if you would just give us one man. I wasn't being gender-specific, but that's how I prayed. God, if you just give us one man in this city, it could change the city, just one home in this city. It wasn't but a few weeks later. I knew how the Lord had dealt with me praying that that day. It wasn't but a few weeks later, Brother Lewis and Sister Julie were on a Saturday visiting a home in Sela, I believe, or in Mattawa. I believe they were visiting Sister, San, or, yeah, Sister Sandra's. I was like, yeah, that is her name. I believe they were visiting Sister Sandra's parents, maybe, or was it Joe? It was Joe. They were visiting, sorry, not Sister Sandra's family, another home in Mattawa. And a man that hadn't been in that home, I believe they said, for six years since they'd last seen him. Happened to come by on that Saturday that Brother Lewis and Sister Julie stopped by to drop off some food and greet some people. And the man that came by was named Joe. And they began to talk about the things of God. And the Spirit of God began to minister to Joe. And Joe said, I live in Othello. He hadn't visited the family for six years. I'm telling you, it was all I needed to hear to have faith. You say, well, you prayed, but you didn't meet anybody in Othello. I don't care if I met anybody in Othello. That's, that's God. You understand, we're all working for the same thing, his purpose and his will. I've been praying probably the last two months. I've been praying from Easton. To Prosser. From Othello to Natchez. There needs to be an apostolic witness in these places. We can't produce it. God has to open the door. How's he going to open the door? He's going to bring somebody in the body in contact with somebody. And there's going to be a door open spiritually and literally into somebody's home. I started praying about two months ago for Easton. I sat two weeks ago with a family and began to talk with them. I said, where do you guys live? The man said, we live in Easton. I have faith that God knows their name and knew their name before I ever started praying. And when he told me that, they were in a terrible situation. But I had great faith and I still have great faith for their situation. 
because of where they live. Do you feel the faith that I feel right now? Do you feel the quickening in your spirit that I feel? This is a work of the Spirit of God, and He wants to involve us. I remember, I'm trying to be done. I remember the first time I went and taught a Bible study in Rigo and Denise's home in Moxie. I remember several weeks coming to their home. And I've told them before, and I'll tell them again. They're the only family I know of that's there in Moxie. And I believe their home is a special place in Moxie. I know that they at times have walked through that neighborhood praying. Keep doing it. God is affecting your neighborhood from your home. I learned that Brother Jerry and Sister Amenia moved a couple weeks ago. Some of you know that. You helped them move. When they told me they were moving, there was such a witness in my spirit about, man, this neighborhood you're going, this is important. God is, they said, well, we lived there before. I'm like, you did? Yeah, we know some of the people around there, and some of the people are still there. It was such a witness to me. God put them in that home. God has you where he has you with purpose. And when you dedicate and consecrate your home to him, you just got to expect something's going to happen. In Jesus' name. We have the example throughout the word of God. Amen. Brother Priscilla, Brother Azario, Sister Priscilla. Got to cross up. I'm getting people's names goofed up tonight. It's old age. How many years ago did I meet you? Has it been eight years? Nine? Nine and a half years. Nine and a half years ago, I met them at a birthday party. They weren't in the church. The birthday party was in Brother Lewis and Sister Julie's home in Wapato. I was leaving. They showed up late. But I did see them. It was uh, Ronnie's birthday party. I think she was turning 15. Is she about 25 now? Then that would be right. Ronnie's birthday party. It was cold outside, so we moved inside. They showed up. I was ready to leave. Brother Lewis and Sister Julie weren't feeling very well, but the party had to go on. And so as I was getting ready to leave, I sort of interrupted and said, hey, you know, I wasn't trying to make a big deal, but I felt like we should pray for Brother Lewis and Sister Julie. You guys remember that? I said, hey, they're not feeling well. They've done a lot for all of us. Let's pray for them real quick. We did. I didn't feel any great move of the Holy Ghost. We were just obedient. We prayed. We left. Praise God. We left their home, birthday party, short season of prayer. We left their home. Brother Lewis reaches out to me the next day or maybe even that day and said, hey, you know that couple that you met when you were leaving? Yeah, 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 yeah. I never met them before. Well, uh, I'm teaching them a Bible study, and they asked something about why you never came to their house for Bible study. I said, well, I guess I didn't know you were teaching them a Bible study, and I guess you never invited me to their house. Is that about how it went, Brother Lewis? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he invited me, I think, the very next or the following week. It wasn't long after. We went to their house, me, Brother Lewis, Brother Zario, Sister Priscilla. Uh, Monica was there. Adam was there. I believe Reuben and Gabriel. Is that right? Yeah, there were seven or eight of us in the home that night at the most. We met there in their house. Brother Lewis taught for 10 or 15 minutes. I know you may not believe this, but it's true. I taught for only 10 or 15 minutes. I don't remember what he taught about. Sorry. He might remember. He taught for 10 or 15 minutes, and I just shared what I felt to share. I taught for 10 or 15 minutes about Elijah and the fire falling on the altar on Mount Carmel when the prophets of Baal, right? You know the story, and fire consumed the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. That was it. I said, let's pray. The eight of us stood up in a circle in their living room. Said, let's pray. Brother Lewis and I started praying. Everybody else was like this. So they got the Bible study many of you have heard through the years. Okay, let's stop for a moment. Prayer is when you open your mouth and words come out. If you close your mouth and think about God, that's called meditation. Nothing wrong with meditation, but we want to pray. You don't have to be loud, but I want you to pray. Okay, they all said, yep, we're good. 
Let's pray. We started praying again. I don't think it was two minutes. Sister Priscilla started speaking in tongues. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Right there in her living room. It was very powerful. Remember that? You guys remember that? Woo, it was a powerful night in their house. That's the first time I'd ever been to their house. God did that in their house. We left. Brother Lewis calls me. Man, Elder, wasn't that powerful? Yeah, that was. That was really cool, wasn't it? I said, has that happened before? He said, no, that's the first time. And so I said, well, I think it's beautiful. Thank you for teaching them about the Holy Ghost. He said, well, I hadn't got that far yet. You remember that? That's what he said. I hadn't got what happened? The word of God came and the spirit of God fell in their house. This is what God wants to do through us. We just have to stop thinking that we go to church. We are the church. Your house, you're the church. On your job, you're the church. The Spirit of God lives in you, and it wants to be rivers flowing out of you. Okay, I finish with this. I'm going to share with you right now different places and homes where people are meeting throughout the body already. I don't know if we understand how much this is already at work, and it's only the beginning. And I'm sharing this with you, and we're going to continue to pray. I want you to aware of this so that you're praying. Praying for these homes. Praying for these situations as well as yours, okay? Brother Lewis and Sister Julie teach on Monday nights in Mattawa. Do you alternate Mondays? or Is that right? They alternate on Mondays. One Monday there in Mattawa in actually the home of Sister Sandra's parents. Jose and Guadalupe, precious, precious, precious people. I got to go with them a couple Monday nights ago. My goodness. I'm just going to tell you right now, Sister Sandra's dad is an apostle. God's hand is on him to use him to reach many people. I don't understand it. He had a guy there at the house the other night when we were there. We started praying for him. Got her dad to come over, begin to pray for him. This man's just broken and weeping. He's getting ready to go back to Mexico in November. But something's happening in that house. All right? So remember that house in Mattawa. The other Monday night, the alternating Monday night, Brother Lewis and Sister Julie go to Mattawa, and they meet with Joe and Zenaida in their home. All right? These are two different homes in Mattawa that oftentimes can have Eight to ten or ten to fifteen people or more meeting in them. Different people. You understand, we're talking about ten to twenty-five people in Mattawa. We need to be praying for those homes and the work of God there. All right? On Tuesday night, they meet the Brother Lewis and Sister Julie meet in their home. That's how Sister Stephanie came. That's how Sister Sandra came through their home. All right? On Tuesday nights, Brother and Sister John Stone are opening their home. That's how Renee came through their home. And Renee's siblings. And now Hannah, who knows them. Brother and Sister John Stone, every Tuesday night, they're serving a meal. They're teaching in their home. We need to bear them up in prayer. This is the book of Acts church. This is who we are. You understand, we're not pinning roses, but we need to understand who we are. Every Monday night, Brother Martin is working with and teaching in an anger management class. Brother Martin, last Monday, I believe, had 30 people in that class. 30 people. It's happening. Understand this. Recognize this. Just this week, for the first time, a door opened. And on Wednesday mornings, every Wednesday morning from 9 to 11... The Union Gospel Mission has said to Sister Sally Sanchez, if you'll come in here and teach our ladies group, you can have this Bible study time from 9 to 11 every Wednesday morning. We want somebody to come in and just teach a Bible study to ladies. She taught the first one this Wednesday, and God's going to do a great work there. 
This is a door of the Lord. I'm talking about the church outside of a building. I'm talking about publicly and from house to house. This is what you and I are called to. It's what we're called to. Every weekend, Brother Joey and Sister Stephanie Charles on Saturday morning are opening their home, teaching a Bible study on Saturday mornings in their house. I don't know where she's doing it. Sister Jasmine's teaching a Bible study. I don't know if she's doing it in her house at a Starbucks, a coffee shop. I don't. You understand? These doors are open. I, are you guys still going to the Escaleras, everyone? Is that on two? I don't even know what night it is. Wednesday, that's right. Wednesday night. In Moxie, there's a Bible study happening in the Escalera's home. Alternating Wednesdays between the Escalera's home in Moxie and the Santos home in Yakima. These are open doors. These are avenues of witness. This is ministry. This is the book of Acts. I inundated you with scripture. This is the book of Acts. This is what we're called to. Think it not strange when God opens doors into people's homes for you. Walk in knowing I am a child of God. And that, why don't you stand with me? That vein of the spirit that you entered into, that we together entered into tonight at the very outset. You can live in that place and in that flow and you can walk into somebody's home. And that spirit of God that dwells in you affects the environment because greater is he that's in you. Sister Brittany works in the hospital. You guys know that? She walks into rooms, places we can't go. She walks into rooms and begins to lay hands on people and pray for them. The prayer of faith. And a witness takes place. I stood here Sunday after church as, as Leslie's mother came to me. And this is what she said. My sister, who was in the hospital and had given up hope and was ready to just quit. Somebody from your church. Not my church. But that's what she said. Somebody from your church came into the room and prayed for my sister. And when they prayed for her, she left the hospital just a day or two later. And she left with hope that she didn't have before that person prayed for her. This is what she said. This is exactly what she said to me. She said, I want to make fry bread tacos for the whole church. She said, I'll wrap them individually. She says, Whatever happened to my sister because somebody came into the room and prayed for her. I'm talking to you about the church. The church that you are. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. You got to be the church. You're called to be the church. You're anointed to be the church. You're filled with the spirit. To be the church. This is who you are. This is what he's called you to. Yes, we'll gather together to open the word, to grow, to get deeper. But we're going to go out and be the church. Your home is going to be a place where the sick are healed. Where people are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You may have to fill up your bathtub and baptize somebody in the name of Jesus Christ. You are the church. You are the church of the living God in the earth, in these valleys.